Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning, Passion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Boy, you guys look good. I was about to say, look at your neighbor and say you look good, but that's how you get in trouble. Don't do that. So glad to have you at Passion Church today. So glad to have you in the house of the Lord. If this is your first time, I would like to say welcome. And I hope I'm speaking this into existence. Welcome home. Amen. Welcome home. Today is a special day. One today is Grandparents Day. If you're a, a grandparent, will you do me a favor? Stand up. Yes. Why are y'all clapping? You don't know if they're good or not. They're just grandparents. I'm just playing. We've got some cupcakes and donuts out in the hallway for our grandparents. If you ate a cupcake and donut today and you're not a grandparent, you're going to hell. I'm just playing. To all of our grandparents, including me, I'm a grandparent. I don't care. I've got the platform. I'm a brag. My little grandbaby was on the big trom at was I don't care was big screen in New York City. Amen. Amen. So we got to watch that yesterday, and me and Laura probably cried a little bit and celebrated a little bit. But Amen. Amen. Second, today's Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday. I believe that God gives us visions. I believe that God has a plan. I believe that God has a purpose. Years ago, I just started pastoring. One day, a lady walked up and handed me $60. And which back then, $60 was a lot of money. And I remember as soon as she handed it to me, I thought, yes. But about that time, I felt something in my spirit. And I felt like God said to me, do not spend that money. It's not for you. It's for somebody else in need. I said, God, I'm in need. But I was obedient. I took that money. I put it in my pocket. And every morning, I would wake up. I would put it in my pocket just to make sure. Would this be the day that I was going to give it to somebody? Weeks. Maybe a couple of months went by. Woke up that morning to go preach and walked over to the church. I can still remember it. I was walking from the, the parsonage over to the church. And the Lord spoke to me that day and said, today you're going to give that money away. Oh, all right, God, I'm ready. So all morning at church, I'm waiting. God's going to have me give this to somebody. And no. While I was preaching, all of a sudden I saw in my mind this there was a lady, young lady, black hair with a daughter with black hair. They were about to walk into a convenience store. And that's all I saw. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and said, that's the one you'll give the money to. That day, me and my wife were on our way to go see 
our in-laws for lunch. Laura had already left. I got in the car after service, headed that way. And all of a sudden, in fact, I went a route that I'd never gone before to their house. To this day, I, I still don't know why. Well, let me take that back, I do. All of a sudden, I looked over to my left-hand side, and there's a woman with black hair holding the hand of a little girl about to walk into a convenience store. I said, okay, God. And I knew right then, the Lord spoke to me and said, this is the one. I pulled into the convenience store, walked in, walked up behind the lady. I said, ma'am, I don't know you. You don't know me. But I feel like the Lord told me that I'm supposed to give this to you. In the middle of this convenience store, this woman started jumping. I mean, literally holding the hand of her daughter, and she's jumping. She said, how did you know I needed this? And I said, I didn't, but God did. And I turned around and walked out. Amen. I share this story with you today because if God Almighty, who created the heavens and the earth, knows everything about everybody, would take time to share with me that I was going to give $60 to this girl, how much more does God have a vision for his house, his church? That we're not aimlessly here just doing church just hearing a sermon on Sunday morning. The Passion Church in the heart of Bethany, Oklahoma has a purpose. God's got a wheel. And today I want to share that with you. If you look in Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there is no revelation, another word for that is vision. Where there is no vision, people cast off restraints, or another word, perish. Very simple, but so important that we understand that we are a people led by the vision of God. What is His plan? What is His purpose? What is His will for Passion Church in Bethany, Oklahoma? Do you believe he has a vision? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word that we're about to receive. Lord, I pray today that every heart, every mind to be open to receive the vision of God that you're speaking over passion today. And the Lord, as the vision is spoken, Lord, we submit ourselves. We become obedient to your vision, to your will, to your purpose. And I pray today in Jesus' mighty name that you would bless this word, bless this house. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen and amen. Number one, I want you to write this down. i got four parts of my vision today that I want to share with you. And under each part of the vision, I'll go in detail. Number one, I want you to write this down, saved. Saved. The greatest joy, the greatest desire, the greatest plan that I feel God has for Passion Church is to the lost be saved. Is that the lost be saved. Now, let, let me say this. I think all churches say that. I think all churches believe that. 
But I think a lot of churches in America don't do anything about it. And I want you to know right now that my, outside of loving and worshiping God, my greatest heart as your pastor is to reach lost people. Let me say this and go ahead and get it out there. And I don't think it'll be a problem. I think you'll accept it. I think you'll understand it. At Passion Church, everybody is welcome. Amen? Everybody's welcome. And I'm not saying God won't clean you up when he gets you. I'm not saying that you got, you're not a mess when you get here and we're not going to try to help you out some. But I am telling you that this is a, a church that has a heart of compassion, a church that has a heart of mercy, a church that has a heart of love, a church that has a heart of grace. Amen. That everybody is welcome at Passion Church. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what mistakes you've made. And let me say this, if you're a little judgmental, religious, do me a favor. I understand that we want them cleaned up. We hope they strive for holiness. We want righteousness in their life. But can I tell you that you probably ain't all holy and you're probably not all perfect. So because of that, when someone walks in and they look a certain way and maybe are start acting a certain way, do you understand they just haven't really got in contact with Jesus yet? So if we can make them feel loved and welcomed when they walk through the door, that breaks down a lot of walls and barriers. See, part of that, that, that saved is this. Can I tell you how you helped me? One is, is that can y'all become as friendly and nice and loving as you can? For anybody that walks in the door, can you say hello? I, I, I know you're busy. I know your mind's somewhere else. I know you're thinking about lunch and you're making preparations and plan as soon as the sermon's done where you're going. But can you do me a favor? Uh, the vision that I have for Passion Church is, is I see a bunch of people out in the hallways, out in the parking lot, sitting in the sanctuary, smiling, got a grin on their face. They're walking up, meeting people, greeting people, loving on people, making everybody feel welcome. Do me a favor. If you see someone you don't know introduce yourself amen just walk up and, and say to them my name is John and I, I don't know if I've ever met you don't walk up and say are you new don't do that amen it makes people feel uncomfortable just walk up and say I, I don't think I've ever met you but my name's John and it's nice to meet you See, there's a view that most unchurched people have of church and we're a bunch of judgmental hypocritical Christians and the problem is, well, Alice, that maybe not y'all, but other Christians, the problem is, is we back up that truth sometimes. So if we will erase that truth at Passion Church, that the moment that you step on the property, the moment that you walk in the doors, we are a bunch of happy, go-lucky, smiling people that, man, I've never, been, I've never been greeted so many times in my life. Can I tell you, you're going to tear down walls? When you become vulnerable, others become vulnerable. When you as a Christian say, I'm going to love you despite your past, where you're at, how you look. Do me a favor. I, I, I was at a church one time, or I was preaching one time, and a, a lady walked in, and I had on some holy jeans, and I was I probably had on a, I don't know what I was wearing, but it probably wasn't very pastry like And the lady literally walks in. I walked up and said, hey, ma'am, it's nice to meet you. And she goes, so I slapped her. I did not. I did not. I, did. I kicked her. And I mean, I've never felt so judged in my life. I mean, I'm like. Afterwards, I got through preaching. I walked down. And this lady come to me and she said, I've got to apologize. 
I've never felt the presence of God so strong in a church. See, when we prejudge, what we're doing is building walls. They're already struggling with their shame. Amen. So the first thing you got to do is I want us to create a culture that we are loving. And I'm not saying we're not now. I'm just saying let's take it to another level. Amen. Let's be loving. Let's be smiling for everyone that walks in church. Here's the something. Can you do me a favor? Can you personally invite people to church? Here's the other vision I have is that you're out in the community and you're inviting your family members and your co-workers and your neighbors. You're inviting them to church. Listen, can I tell you that right now in America on this Sunday, 80% of Americans are not in church. 80%. And we're in a Christian nation. Only 20% of Americans right now are in church today. And you know the number one reason, the number one reason people don't go to church is not because of the hypocritical thing I talked about. It's not because of the judgmental. You know the number one reason why people say they don't come to church? I've never been invited. I've never been invited. Eight out of ten people invited to church by family member, co-worker, or neighbor will go to church if you just invite them. Did you know that? Well, I've been turned down twice. Then try again. The eighth time, they may just do it. I mean, the third time, they may just do it. What I want you to do, let me tell you, I want you, listen, I know some of you, and I understand that some of you will never witness. You never tell someone about Jesus. I wish you would. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. I wish you would. But listen, if you're not able to do that, can I tell you the vision that I have here? The greatest way that we will grow this church, I don't want to grow this church with other church folk, Amen. I don't want other church folk coming here to come to our church. You know why? Because they left their church because they caused problems there. I'm just being honest. I've dealt with them. What I want you to do is invite your people that you know that don't go to church, who aren't saved, and if you get them here, here's the next promise and the vision I'll make. I'll lead them to Jesus. Amen. Well, pastor, what do you mean? Here's the other vision. I make this promise. My sermon, my sermon will always have an evangelistic tent with a gospel message tied into it. Always. Well, pastor, I want to go deep. I hear that a lot. You ever hear that? Pastor, it's just not deep enough for me. I'm sorry I didn't preach on today the tabernacle or the, the foreshadowing or, 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 the, or the, the trinity or I didn't go in detail about the incarnation dilemma today. The problem was is I had a person sitting on the back row that didn't know Jesus and when I taught about the incarnation dilemma, they checked out. See, what I want to do is create an atmosphere. Don't get me wrong, I'll preach the word. In fact, I will uncompromisingly preach the word of God. I make that promise. But for every sermon I preach, there will always be a moment that I'm sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. There will always be a moment that I'm talking about God's grace and God's love and that he died for you and salvation is a free gift and all you have to do to, is accept it. That's it. Here's another vision I'll make a promise to you. I will always give an altar call message, a salvation message, or a salvation invite. There will never be a Sunday that in the service that there won't be a moment that we give opportunity to know Jesus. I want us to be a church for the lost that everybody is welcome. That when you walk into the back doors of that church, at that moment you know I can come to this church and everybody's going to love me and accept me. I, I was at a, a lady walked up to me one day and uh, she said to me, she goes, I don't like church. I said, Okay. And here's what the second thing she said to me. She says, don't you try to get me saved. I'm not doing it. 
She, but also she, she was on the spectrum of autism, so she was just brutally honest. And she goes, but I like you. And I said, well, thank you. Well, not because of you. I just like how you're so welcoming and, and, and you love everybody. I like that. I thought, well, praise God. What I'm hoping is she's going to eventually get saved. Hallelujah. The reason I'm saying that, I want you to hear me, that this church will be a house for the lost. This will be a church that people can walk in, and if they don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, I'm going to give 100% of everything I've got that before they walk out the back door, they're going to know about Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, that he died on a cross for them, and that they believe that because he shed his blood, they can have forgiveness of sins, that when they leave, they're going to know Jesus. That's my heart. Number two, write this down. Freed. Freed. As we're talking about salvation, in February of 2018, I had just gone to my father's funeral. That morning, my mom came and woke me up, and she said, John, Chris is here. I said, Chris who? She said, Chris Spearley. Me and Chris had grown up from about the age of eight years old, and we kind of took two different turns. I became a pastor. He became a drug dealer. I had not seen Chris in years, and I walked in there. In fact, I didn't hardly recognize him. But I said, hey, man, I walked up and I hugged him. And he said, buddy, I'm sorry about your father. He's the only pastor I've ever known. I loved your dad. And he said, but, man, if I can be honest with you, I don't do the church thing anymore. I don't even come in the church for your dad's funeral. But I loved your dad and I love you and I didn't want to disrespect you. So I came today to pay my respects. We sat there for a while and, well, I began to reminisce and he's reminiscing about the past. But as I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm reminiscing, all of a sudden in my mind, I'm, I'm hearing this. Tell him about Jesus. Ask where he's at. I'm ashamed to tell you that I didn't. I thought he came to pay his respects to me. He came to, I don't want to berate him right now with, do you know Jesus? We got up, we hugged, he left. Three months later, my mother called me and she said, John, Chris Spearley died in his sleep last night at the age of 47 years old. See, I share that with you because as we're talking about salvation, about to move to freedom, I want you to hear me. There's someone out there, a friend, a family, a coworker, a neighbor, somebody that doesn't know Jesus, and if you don't share it, they may die and go to hell. John, do you blame yourself? You better believe I do. Every once in a while to this day, I'll still see Chris Spearley in my mind. I pray, I hope, I pray and hope that some way before he passed away that he invited Jesus Christ into his life, but all I know is I had an opportunity and I missed it. I don't want Passion Church to miss that opportunity. That as we move from salvation to freedom, I want you to know that I believe in the freedom of God. Amen. That I got, it says here in the word of God, it says that Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. I love this right here. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen? Amen. 
The second part of passion I want you to hear is we believe in sharing that God can bring freedom in your life. Amen. It starts with our hope center. Amen. That we believe that you don't have to be bound by addiction. Hallelujah. That that's not what God entailed for your life. That drugs and alcohol and other things don't have to hold you down. Listen, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It tells us in Corinthians that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and freedom. Amen. That we want to create in this house at Passion Church that there is freedom, there is liberty, that you don't have to stay where you are. We've already got our hope center. Here's something else that we'll be starting at Passion Church. We'll be starting to celebrate recovery. I believe in celebrate recovery. Hallelujah. For those that maybe you don't need the rehab or maybe uh, you've gone through rehab, we're going to create this atmosphere to where people will come in and find freedom through the word of God to overcome habits and hangups that we're believing that God has set you free. But here's another one. Something we'll be starting that I'm excited that every one of us in this church need to go through. It's called freedom class. Let me explain what freedom will be. Freedom will be a, a class that when you come into our church that you can go through. And it's not about overcoming addictions and all that. It's overcoming wrong thinking. It's overcoming how you view yourself that it's not in accordance with God's word. Can I tell you what it is? And listen, let me go and say this. I'm unapologetically spirit-filled. Amen. So this class will tell you how to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to walk in the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit, to how to walk in the anointing of God that God has for your life. One thing we'll do, and this will be something we'll be going to all the time. We'll have it on Wednesday nights. We'll have it going on Sunday mornings in a class that we want you to go through this freedom class so that you can learn who you are in Jesus Christ. And listen, let me say this. If you haven't been through it, all of us need to go through it. In fact, y'all just stay after service today. We'll go through it. But it's something so powerful. It's not just a class. We then have a conference at the end of the 12 weeks. It'll be a 12-week class, and at the end we'll have this big conference. And I'm telling you, that conference will change your life. Well, I've been a Christian pastor for 12 years. If you got religion in you, you need that class. If you're struggling with insecurities, you need that class. Whatever it may be, we're believing God is going to set you free. Here's number three. Restored. Restored. See, we want the lost saved. We want the saved freed. And we want the freed restored. What do you mean when you say restored, Pastor? I mean you finding, you being restored to God's purpose for your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's got a purpose for my life. Now look back and say, he's got a purpose for your life. I want to say something to you very quickly. You ready? I am not a one-man show. Nor do I want to be. Nor has God called me to be. In fact, I'm three in good areas. All the other areas, I'm bad. That's okay. I've accepted it. I can preach, I can lead, and I can cast vision. I'm not called to do everything else in the church. I'm not called to work with kids. I don't even like the little brats. Man, come on why they don't pay tithes why do I care I'm just joking let me say something I'm about to shoot myself in the foot you ready and it may offend some of you and that's alright I don't want a church full of a bunch of people sitting around eating getting fed and getting fat but not doing the will and the work of God in their life. Come on, 
it's not me. See, here's the thing. I don't want to be a one-man show. I want all of you to find what God's called you to do and do it. Because if you will, God will grow this church. If you will, the lost will be saved. If you will, then I don't have to keep messing up with things that I'm having to do right now that I'm not any good at because God never designed me to be that way. See, let me say this to you. You'll never know true satisfaction in your life until you do what God's called you to do. You won't. Let me tell you, there's many times in my life, there's many days in my life I'm thinking, God called me to do something else. I don't want to preach anymore. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Lord, it's tough and it's not easy. And people come and people go and people get mad and all of that. But I've come, God won't let me go. And I'm telling you, God's got a plan for your life. For some of you, it's working in our kids' department. For some of you, it's our youth. Amen. Andrew, that should have been an amen right there. You missed it, brother. For some of you, it's our, our connection team that making people feel loved and welcomed as soon as they come on this campus. For some of you, let me tell you another thing we'll do here. Small groups will be a huge part of Passion Church. I believe in discipleship. I believe in getting deeper in the Word than just on Sunday mornings. But I also believe it's not John Leggett's job to do all the teaching. Amen. That for some of you, you are gifted and you are talented. God has called you to teach and to preach the word. And because of that, there are, there are small groups. Listen, I want to have so many small groups in this church that, Lord, have mercy. There's not one person that isn't getting discipled and trained in the word of God. So I need your help. See, when I say restored, I mean restored to the purpose God had for you before sin crept in and the enemy lied to you. Well, Pastor, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Then let's get together and I'll pray. And until we figure it out, I'll stick you somewhere else. Amen? <laughs> That's just the way I roll. I'm not joking. See, for some of you, you know why you don't know what you're supposed to be doing yet? Because you haven't even started doing something yet. Some of you had to at least step into something for God to step you into your wheel. First the natural, then the spiritual. For some of you, just start agreeing to greet at the door, to be in the parking lot. Pastor, I, I, listen, I, I'll be in hospitality. See, for some of us, we always want to be the top dog when God just wants to see if you'll be obedient. Amen. So I don't want this to be a fool of a church of people just sitting around not doing God's will. I want this to become a church that you have been restored to the plan and the purpose God has for your life. And let me say this. I don't care about your past and I don't care where you've been and what you've done. I texted a young man last night. asked him if I could share his story. He came to our church in, in Wichita Falls one day. He said, I, uh, he said I'd been at my... Um, the house of my kid's mother, and I was there. We were fighting. I left. He said, I had $20 in my hand. I was going to go buy drugs. He said, I was passing by your church. I had $20 in my hand, and the wind grabbed a hold of the $20 and ripped it out of my hand and blew it to your church. I wish he'd give me the $20 too. He said, I end up walking into your church hearing the gospel. He said, I'm not going to say it changed my life that day. He said, I went on and did what I did. He said, but a while later I came back and I came through your hope center. 
He said, your church. In fact, he called me the other day. He said, you're my pastor. No matter where I go in life, you're my pastor. That man who graduated our Hope Center pastors a church today in Seoul for Oklahoma. Amen. I want you to hear me when I say this. I don't care about your pastor, where you've been. God has a plan for your life. If God can take a little boy from Falcon, North Carolina, who couldn't speak in front of a crowd to save his life, and put me on the, on the stand to preach the gospel, he can use you. Do you hear me today? This is so important that you grasp a hold of this truth. That we want to be a church that you're using your talents. That you're doing God's will. And until God shows you, come ask me and I'll tell you what to do. But let me say this. God hasn't called me to do everything. In fact, you've probably noticed that we kind of do things a little bit different here. Right now I'm preaching. I preach at least every other week, and I've got Pastor Steve that is preaching. I want to tell you something else that just this last week that has come to pass. Because I've been praying, I've been seeking God. We also are going to start having Pastor Josh Hanna. He'll be speaking also. Because let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to give you the best. And I want you to know it's not about a one-man show. For 28 years, ask my wife, I was the preacher all the time because that's the way it was supposed to be. I don't know if it was always the best for the church, but that's what I did. It made me feel noble, didn't it, honey? In fact, I hardly ever missed two Sundays. In fact, I would preach out of the 52 times a year. I'd probably preach, what, 50? And then the, the two times that I was not there, what was I usually doing? I was on the phone. How's it going? Is he preaching okay? Did the church burn down? I'll never forget one day, I'm on vacation with my family in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, sitting on a balcony. My wife and my kids are inside the hotel. I snuck out to the balcony, got on the phone, and called every first-time guest. Because that's just the way I was. I'll never forget one day, we had a guy called me, one of my staff members, he's one of the directors, he said, Pastor, I just want to let you know so-and-so is in the hospital. I'm not calling to tell you to go. I've got it. He's on my team. I just want to let you know. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning. You know me. I'm going to go. And I show up to the hospital. And about that time, I'm standing waiting to get on the elevator. And the elevator door opens, and there's that staff member standing there. And he looks at me, and he goes... The greatest disappointment I ever saw in a man's face. Because see, at that moment, I know what he thought. I'm not good enough, Pastor. You had to come and take my place. Let me tell you today, my giftings and my talents are no more important than yours. I may be the lead pastor. I may be in charge of the church because God has appointed me here. But I'm telling this because I want you to understand something. Are you ready? That this will not be a one-man show. I need your talents. I need your giftings. Even when it comes to the preaching, we'll have others that will preach sometimes. But let me tell you why. This I do promise. There will never be someone standing in this pulpit that isn't preaching the word of God, that won't share the gospel of Jesus Christ, that I will be here for you. I'm your pastor, but I also need you to do me a favor. I need you to do your part. What God's called you to do. And I'm going to tell you, I'll be relentless too. Just this week, 
something happened I, about a month or so ago. And uh, I'd ask someone to be our executive pastor to help me out. He turned me down, said no. The other day we were with him at lunch somewhere and I started again on him. Hey, you know you're supposed to do this. If you don't, then you're going to hell. <laughs> that works great. It's, it, use it. It works great. We get in the car. My wife said, for the love of, would you stop? Leave him alone. Just leave him alone. He's not going to do it. He's already told you no. A couple of days later, I get a text from the guy, and he said, all right, let's talk. I'm considering it. We've got a new executive pastor here at Passion Church. His name is Adam Touchstone. He is the new executive pastor here at the church. See, I'm a believer in structure and systems and models. Let me tell you why. Let's me focus on the spiritual, why everybody else can take care of the structures in this system so I can do what God's calling me to do. Do you hear me? Here's the last one. Fulfilled. Fulfilled. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. See, not only do we want to hear passion to get people saved, freed, and restored to God's purpose, I want you to get to the place that you live a complete, fulfilled life in Christ. That's what I want. You're living by His Word. Walking through His Holy Spirit. That you are so consumed with pleasing God that He's your everything. We will have baby Christians. Some are a little further along in the process. But at the end of the day, my greatest desire is to get you to the place that you're walking that fulfilled life. That God's breaking worry off of you. You stop living a life of stress. Corey, this guy I was telling you about, he called me the other day. He said, Pastor, will you pray for me? I said, yeah, man, what's going on? He said, we've been struggling financially. The church isn't been able to pay like they can, and it's just been tough. And I said, yeah, man, let's, let's pray. All the pastors in my region got together, and we took up money and sent it to them. But I knew that was only short term. But I'll never forget what he said to me on the phone. He said, Pastor, just as the money got bad and I didn't know what we're going to do, just this week I got offered a job making $80,000 a year. Hold on. But it'd be on Sundays. I couldn't pastor anymore. 
What do I do? Can I tell you, sometimes in the midst of your difficult moments, the devil will bring something that seems so enticing, but it has nothing to do with God. And I said, then let's pray. He ended up calling me back and said, I decided not to take the job. <laughs> but guess what? My wife just started her own daycare and has already got kids. So the money that we were missing, we now have gotten back better. Let me tell you why I tell you that story. The moment that God gets a hold of you, truly gets a hold of you. There's nothing else you can do than to serve Him. And for some of you today, you're not there. Oh, you love Him. He blesses you. But you're not 100% sold out. See, guys, when the Lord told me and Laura to come to passion, I was okay. Passionate church of 800 people in Texas. I was doing all right. But I didn't have much choice. Because God told me this is what I was supposed to do. I can't tell you me and God didn't have a few arguments. And I can't even tell you that I haven't struggled some. I have. In fact, just this week, thank God for my wife. I said, have I done the right thing? And this is what she said to me. You know you put a fleece on God and he told you this was the right thing. You know two years ago he told you we'd move to Oklahoma. We're doing the right thing. We want to get you to the place at Passion Church that you're so much living that fulfilled life that in everything you do you know you're following God. That's the heart of this church. That's the heart of this church. I have a question for you. The question is, is will you help? I didn't come to do it by myself. I need you. If you are behind this vision and where we're going, Willing to submit to God and say, God, I'll follow this vision wherever you lead. Then will you do me a favor? Will you stand to your feet right now?
Please don't take this lightly. For this promise I make. Look around real quick. In a couple of years, it won't look like this anymore. For the growth that God will bring, the loss that God will send to this house, the lives that we change, there are some right now sitting in this sanctuary. Then a couple of years, they'll be serving in positions you never thought they could. Some won't be here. But let me tell you why. Because God will so restore your call that you know the only way you can fulfill your life is to go do what God called you to do. I believe we will send out pastors and prophets, evangelists, amen, and apostles. There are some of you who've waited in the shadows for way too long. You know that's not where you belong. Step up to where God's called you to be. We need you. We need you. Lord, I pray for this house today. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.